Hello, everyone. Happy New Year to everyone, and welcome to Arash's World. Today, we have a special guest, JJ DiGeronimo. Welcome to Arash's World. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm excited about this conversation. Wonderful. So um, one of the first questions we always ask is, how would you describe yourself briefly to our audience? What would you say? Well, I would say that I'm on a journey and that I've had many pit stops and some pitfalls, but I feel like I'm constantly learning about who I am and why I'm on the planet. Exactly. So your book is called Seeking, that's correct. And you do have a community together we seek. Um, let's talk about that. That would be great. It's definitely my passion now to share my journey with others in a way that makes it more inviting for people to learn more about their journey. Mm -hmm. So um, you, you're talking about pitfalls, and I'm kind of really interested in when things are not going well, um, because I find uh, those are the learning moments. That's when we can, uh, if we take advantage of it, we can advance so much more and grow so much more uh, looking at that. So what has been your experience, especially with many people shun failure, but um, what would you say how to deal with that specific uh, uh, occasion of failure? Yeah, well, that's taken a long time. I think for me, I really had to learn mindfulness, which really allowed me to be in the present moment. And I don't think I really learned that in my first 40 years of life. And so it wasn't until I really got understood how to be present that I could actually put the practices I'm going to share with you in place. Because what I would always focus on is my ego would take over and say, oh my gosh, this person's going to think this, and this is what's going to happen the first. So I'd go into a worry or I would reflect on the past and like beat myself up. And so it wasn't until I could really say, you know, are you in the moment? Does this matter? Why does it matter? What are you learning? And why do you think this is happening to you right now? Mm -hmm. When I'm in the moment, I can actually ask myself those questions, which is not easy because society so often trains us to either live in the past or live in the future. And so we don't often have the opportun opportunity to gain the knowledge in the lesson. And that's exactly it. So little time is spent on the present because we're always thinking, as you're saying, we're worried about the past, we're worried about the future, and then the present just goes by and we don't, we don't notice things. And that's where the learning would happen. That's where the growth would happen. And we seem to evade it in, in different ways, whether like uh, consciously or unconsciously. And I find that quite fascinating. And another thing that I'm quite interested in, because I've gone through the same path, I was wondering if that is something that is kind of also natural, that with age, there is a certain wisdom that comes with it, or whether it's uh, uh, it's our seeking, because I've been always seeking since my I was a teen, or maybe it's a combination of both. What's your stance on that? Well, I agree with you. I think it's a combination of both. I think you have to have enough like skid marks to really start to say why, yeah. why, 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 why. And I don't think that often comes, at least for our generation, we're close in age. So at least in our generation, that doesn't come um, when we were younger. Now, the new children coming onto the planet now, they're more awakened. So they are asking questions at a much earlier age than we asked. And then secondly, you know, I do a lot of birth charts. So I believe in Chiron goes around our cycle and around our um, each of our signs and our houses and comes to fruition around our 50th birthday, which I am almost. Oh, and I think oh. when you have Chiron, it really helps. Like it, it often prevents you from doing your life's work until you have up enough courage and experience to really push in that direction. And I think that does come with age too. 
And there seems to be also, I don't know if that's a planetary thing, but there seems to be a push towards renewing yourself of changing things. So many people are switching careers and so many people are just changing their lives kind of whole scale. And I'm, I'm wondering if, if that is something like in constellations too, that is happening. Uh, it was due to the pandemic often, but there is like, there are other forces at play too, I think. We have a lot of planetary shifts coming up here soon. And I feel like it often has us questioning, am I in the right place? How do I feel about my life? I do think COVID was a huge uh, launching pad for a lot of people to self-investigate where they are in their lives and the choices they've made up to that point. I think, yeah, wake up call, really. And it's like, we, we usually go through autopilot when things are going well. And then when something happens, suddenly it's like, we wake up and we say things are not as I thought them to be, perhaps. And uh, I think that's 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 very helpful. So what are your uh, your uh, strategies, your techniques, uh, your methodologies that you're using? It's ancient and new. And let's let's talk about uh, some of those methods, energy based uh, uh, methods. right? Yes. Yeah. So before I jump into that, I would just love to give some perspective. Like I have a computer engineering degree. I've spent a lot uh -huh. of time in Silicon Valley. I had a career in technology for over 20 years. But it was when I hit sort of my mid-30s that I was sort of saying, you know, do I feel fulfilled? Why do I still yearn for something more? I have a great career, a great title, but I'm still feeling unsettled or I'm not really aligned to the right spot. And so for me um, and my human design, I am a trial and error person. So I have to go out and find ways to kind of check out all different things. And then I bring back the best of the things I found to the people I know. And funny enough, I would never ever say that I'm a great writer per se at first, when I started writing my first books in 2010, but over the years, tapping into some vulnerability and really my soul's lessons, the words just like flew out. And now both of my books and my third one's up right now for some awards. So I feel like the trial and error has given me permission to share my findings with others, which has then resulted in books and, and ultimately has changed my career. So would that be human design? And can you explain a bit more? Because that's one I wasn't too familiar with. Uh, yeah. So human design uses a lot of the same data points with birth charts, but it gives you some more detail about your life's work. And I just had a session in my community together we seek with a friend Beckett, who not only tells you about your human design, but your incarnation cross and your gene keys. And the work that I'm doing with him takes my work even further because it gives myself permission to sort of recognize that I do burn myself out a lot. I do need to take breaks. I do need to recognize that I need to be passionate and I have to feel it from within. And I feel like all of these tools are add-ons to what many people have already done. Many of them have done Myers-Briggs or 360 or Strength Finders. So the birth chart and human design and maybe even numerology or Enneagram, they're all tools to give you additional insight to kind of how and why you're here. I like the the personalized version of it of really like adjusting and tailoring it to the to the individual because I find with a lot of self help books too it's just like general advice and it's like but how does that relate to me and my struggle and my challenges and so on and I, I really like that of focusing really on on the person. Yeah, and and I I like that too, and I write my books with a lot of questions like. 
what happened. Cause I feel like you get glimpses of your life's work early on. And so if you're really honest with yourself and you can kind of think about things that have happened in your life that really got you excited or upset or triggered you in some way, oftentimes that's not on accident. And many of us can see how something 25 years ago or 45 years ago triggered us. And it's funny because if you start to pay attention, you get little seedlings or little indicators of why you're here and what you chose to do when you came down. Mm -hmm. I, and really looking at your childhood and seeing like there's a lot of these things that we don't process properly and we can't because our brain is not capable of doing it. But now looking back with the like 2020 hindsight and looking at the issues that were going on and try to resolve them. Uh, I think that's hugely important for me that the, the, the knowledge of psychoanalysis has, has really helped to, to shed light on that and to work through those things. But there's also another dimension. There is also past lives. Let's talk about past life regression and things like that, too. Oh, that's fun. I was just listening to, to Dolores Cannon this morning. I love her. She you know, stumbled across past life regression on accident. She was doing hypnosis for people that wanted to stop smoking and do other things. And then she tapped into some knowing that obviously wasn't related to this lifetime. And I've been to a few of the people that have taken her training and her certifications and I feel like our soul comes with a lot of knowing that sometimes we tap into, sometimes we have access to, and sometimes we don't. And uh, I'm a believer and, you know, everyone has to kind of believe whatever makes them feel good and aligns to their best self. But I'm a believer that our soul carries through many generations and experiences and often sort of tips us off in ways that doesn't make sense sometimes to our body. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I think it's also when we meet somebody and it clicks with some people, it clicks and with others, it doesn't. And I wonder why, because what is it that makes us feel that way? And the same also going to places. When I went to Venice, I was like, oh, but this place looks familiar. And I, I don't have it with, with every place I go to. So it's it's that kind of like, there's something more there. Oh my gosh. I just interviewed with this woman, Nat, and she does astro, astros cartography astrocartography and she maps your birth chart to the places on the planet that you are naturally aligned to and it's just a really cool gift to give yourself or if you want to do and kind of see like what parts of the planet really draws your energy mm -hmm. and so i uh, also and looking at astrology it's uh, uh i i find it's, it's really fascinating when when you really get to it and and some sometimes it depends i mean there are some that give you again like self-help books general advice there's some that are so specific that I think, oh my God, like, how do you know this? Do I have like cameras in my room? Because it's like your dishwasher has broken. You need a new one. You want to try a different brand. It's like really like specific. Like, I mean, that's just a, a silly example, yeah. but some of it is just exactly what I'm thinking and going through. So how, uh, how does that work? And secondly, what was your experience with astrology and how did you yeah. find it and discover it for yourself? Well, it's interesting because I feel like I my my mom introduced it to me when I was 12, not really realizing that I would lean on it so heavily later in life. But there's a place in New York called Lilydale, and it's a place of mediums that go and live and you can go there and get a reading or have, you know, a chart designed. And I just thought it was a fun place to go. I didn't really understand the magnitude it would have in my life later and how important this other level of knowing would play into my own life's work. And I think for many of us, if you feel like you want to explore 
other options or ideas, I always say like, ask friends, like, have you ever gone to a medium? Have you gone to a psychic? Or do you know someone who does birth charts? Because I feel like it's not something you just want to go on the internet and look at. <laughs> yeah. Um, Although one of the things I love is YouTube. I mean, I listen to YouTube all the time before I go to sleep on what's happening with my sign and what's happening in human design or even listen to Dolores Can Cannon or many, many other uh, awakened healers. And I feel like there's so much more available to us if we're interested. I think we need to be open and curious and, and give things a shot. And you don't have to subscribe to it. You don't have to believe it. But, but uh, there are a lot of people who just block it and they say no. Like this is not science. And just as an example we see today is so when it comes to UFOs and aliens and and suddenly now there's this shift that we have scientists who are saying, yeah, well, it's a possibility. We have like evidence that there is something going on. And so uh, I think we have to, that really woke me up too. It's like, I have to be more open. I have to be more, more uh, accepting of other views and not just quickly judge them, you know? Yeah, I was in this morning, I went to a Kundalini class, which I don't usually go to, but I just felt called to do so today. And the teacher said, you know, many of us believe in magic. Mm -hmm. And the people that believe in magic can see the people that necessarily don't believe in magic. But the people who don't believe in magic don't necessarily know that we're around, which are people that believe in tapping into an energy bigger than ourselves, however you may do it. But I find great peace in it because I feel not alone. I feel more validated and I feel like our life has a bigger purpose. Yeah, I absolutely believe in magic. I mean, it's 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 just all around. And you just like, once you, you see it, there's like so much that uh, is happening that are miracles. And um, it just goes by unnoticed because we are, our society, our, our upbringing, our brain, uh, we just try to analyze and rationalize things. And uh, I think that's that's a shame because we're closing off uh, a pathway to that intuition, that that knowledge that exists. And uh, reason is just only part of it. You do need both, of course, but uh, as, as, as kids, we have more contact with that kind of world, you know, when we believe in magic, we believe in things and we kind of lose that. We kind of become estranged from that. And that's, that's a shame. It is. And I feel like it's conditioned out of us the way mm -hmm. that our psycho are like a socioeconomics and also the psychology and the framework that the united that the the world as a whole has decided to participate in i mean we are very very heavy with religion and religion often tells us no 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 yeah yeah but it's also religion is often in various religions they're close to all the interesting part like astrology like tarot cards and so on and uh, i i find that that's also a shame because it's like that's not what religion is or should be about you know well, and I feel like, you know, a lot of times religion tells us like that they're going to help us get closer to something that we ultimately can get closer to ourselves. But believing that we are part of something bigger is hard for many humans to really believe. We feel like, hmm, are we? Are we not? How does that work? And, you know, the kind of what it came to me one time is you think of our human bodies. It's sort of a vehicle, right? Mm -hmm. And we get little teardrops from a much bigger light of energy kind of gets dropped into our bodies. And then all of a sudden our eyes work and our body works and we're alive. And so we have this white light of a higher energy, a higher purpose within us, but we are contained in this body that has this crazy ego that often overshadows the light. And I feel like most of our life's journey is figuring out 
how to get the light to shine brighter than the ego. I love that. So so how, how can we do that? What are ways of releasing the fears that we have, the insecurity, the anxiety to, to connect with that, that source that you're talking about? Yeah. So, you know, it's not, it seems simple, but it took me three or four times. I really feel like you have to get into the present moment, which you can almost not do without training. John Kabat-Zinn is one of the, yes. So he's one of the, yeah, yeah, gentlemen that I followed. I've gone to many of his classes that were taught by other people. And I feel like really working at how to be present, like you and I are here right now. So being focused on the conversation that we're having and not what happened before, what's going to happen after, but being very present. And when you can train yourself to be present in the moment that you're in and allow yourself to let those other thoughts of what needs to happen next or what already happened, just continue to float by. They're always going to be there, but you do not have to hang on to them. And I think that that takes an enormous amount of just self-awareness and training. But once you get that, the other stuff is a lot easier because if you actually are in the present moment, like we are right now, we can hear and see and pay attention to the things that are coming our way that makes or gives us glimpses of the magic and insight available to us. I find intuition is so important because my my best decisions have come out of intuition and they haven't been rational or or even reasonable in, in many cases, but they have been the right choices. And so um, I think it's 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 kind of knowing it too. Once it comes, there's like a voice in you, and it's not just fear. You can it's kind of you can distinguish. It's a different kind of voice. And um, but as you're saying, we need to. Pay attention to that. Otherwise, we won't see it and we can't act upon it if we don't know it. So how how did you learn to do that? Because, you know, that probably has been available for a long time. But what mm-hmm. really was it for you that allowed you to accept it and lean into it? There is just something that it feels like this is the right thing. And I don't know why. And everybody will probably laugh at me if I say this. But this seems to be the right thing. And then once I followed that, it became true and you go, okay, well, this is the correct path. This is, but it's, it's what I find hard too. uh, sometimes is just listening to my, my wishful desires, like what I wish would happen and what is actually the right thing to do. And I've given an example on my podcast of like going to Mexico where um, I was teaching and I had student loans and the pay was really low. It was minimum wage or even lower, but I decided like, I want to go there. And that's where I met my wife. So it's, it's, it's those kind of decisions where it just was like the worst decision you could make under the circumstances, but somehow it felt right. And did your mom or dad or who taught you to listen to that? Because I think they actually us- told me not to listen to it. So it's like, it's, yeah. but it's, it's kind of some sort of uh, connection. I think, but I, again, also seeking, I've always been fascinated by, um, tarot cards ever since I found tarot cards uh, they were so important to me too and it's just kind of as a as a guidance of like uh, what to do but then I realized if I can tap into the intuition I don't need the cards anymore because the answer is already there and another thing is just being being um, opening your eyes to things to signs to when you see things and uh, without carrying like the baggage of the past or worry about the future and it's Mm -hmm. it's hard it's hard to do but uh once you do it, it's it's so rewarding, I find. 
I know. And I think it's hard sometimes to train other people how to tap into that mm -hmm. because we all get it different ways. Mm -hmm. And some of us have had it for a long time, but we've given it no, we, we haven't made it valid in our lives. I think the ego gets in the way too. It's like, because you Ugh. want certain things a certain way. And that's something like we have to release. We have to relax actually for it to come. And when we tense, it doesn't happen. So that's one thing that's always helped me too. It's like, just kind of, okay, let's take a step back. Let's not take things personally. Let's not see it like this person is, is, is attacking me or they're like insulting me and just see it like, why am I reacting in this way? As you were saying, why am I being triggered? And then find the, the reason for it. And once that is resolved, then you become in a way invincible because then it doesn't, doesn't, affect you as much and you're not like worried about what will others think or how will they see me and I find a lot of people who are running around they are so worried about things that really don't matter yeah yeah and I do think it's the stories like I read a lot about Brene um, Brown when I was going through the John Kabat-Zinn classes and it really kind of singed the lesson because the stories that are on repeat in her head I didn't understand what she meant by that. But then when I partnered that with mindfulness, I could almost see them take off, you know, whether it's a story about my parents or my next door neighbor, or how I felt at work, whatever it is, being able to intercept those stories, being like, that is not true. I'm not listening to you. Like, to me, that's been a huge game changer because I had a lot of stories and I also had a lot of like internal chatter that was not positive and really kind of dampened my light. Yeah. Yeah. Negativity is, uh, is, is a big yeah. part. And we, these are the, the voices too. Also, when we're looking for meaning and purpose, often it's not what we really want. It's what others want for us. And so we are tapping into like what parents used to say, and this, you should do this, you should do that. And, uh, but once you get, get rid of it, you clear it, then you get to down to what do I want? What is my personal purpose? Not what society tells me to do, parents tell me to do, what do I want to do? And often once we explore that, it is just fascinating and we connect with that. And that's where the joy comes. That's why there are shifts too in career. You say, you know what, technology is wonderful, but this is not my calling, my vocation. Yeah, that is the truth. That is the truth. And I think that's what, you know, you've gone through tarot birth charts did that for me, like understanding where my son is, what my rising sign is like, it just gave me more validation. Like my son is in the eighth house. So it's mm -hmm. like difficult conversations, finances, lawyers, like just heavy, heavy stuff. I love it. I will talk about that stuff all day long. And I used to always think like some of my friends would be like, oh, you, oh, you, you can't, you can't talk about lighthearted stuff. You have to like go right in for the deep stuff. And that's what, like, that's what lights me up. And so yeah. knowing like what lights you up and using these other tools can be so instrumental to people because even on the human design uh, discussion we had this morning, uh, one of the guests was talking with one of the listeners and she was like, well, you know, she wants to be a generator. Generator does like every single step but she's actually a projector and a projector has to be invited and needs a lot of downtime and doesn't really work at the same pace, but can offer the same value if they know like how their, their design works. And I think she said, you know, I've been trying to be a generator my whole life, but I'm a projector. And I think just that insight can really give people relief. She said, this has been amazing because I need to 
rest a lot and I feel like I'm not producing. And so then I beat myself up and I make myself feel bad. And it's like, she's going against like her, her the way she is designed to be here. That is a waste of energy in many ways, yeah. because you want to really do what feels natural and good and not force yourself into something that you're not comfortable with. And uh, I, I think that's important to find that, that, that rhythm too. Yeah. And uh, just as you're saying, I think I, I like to like take things in, reflect upon them and then act and not the most like quick to respond to things because I like to like analyze things and look at them. But then sometimes it would be too much where I, overanalyze and just think too much and then don't take action. So uh, one thing that helped me was improv where you have to respond quickly. And that really kind of helped me connect to another way of, of, of being, of like being spontaneous and so on. And I think really exploring those things and this feels good, you know, and this doesn't feel good and it's fine either way, you know? Yeah. Yes, and I think it brings us back to the point, like you can only know how you feel in a moment if you're in that moment. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And others cannot really tell you. It's really, you, but you need to explore. I think going back to the curiosity and saying like, let's try this out. Is this for me or is it not for me? Uh, I think yeah. that's important. And what yeah. about um, female empowerment? That's something you, you are the um, president of Tech Savvy Women. That's, that's fascinating. Let's talk a bit about that. Well, as I mentioned, I've been in tech for a long time. And when I was in my mid thirties, I started having kids and I had a big global job and I just felt like I needed more support. And so I brought women together just to be like, how are you doing this? What's working? What isn't working? How do you do this? And that started with 12 women in 2008. And it's now over close to 10,000 women on, I think, oh LinkedIn. Goodness. So wonderful! it's That's really awesome. growing. It's really mm -hmm. growing. It's taken on a life of its own, which is great. I've never really, it's never been like a revenue stream per se, but it's just been a way to connect with like women and the universe has sort of just taken it and it's on its way. So I'm happy to create a space for some people that feel like they can connect and need to connect in ways outside of work, even though they want to be related to people that do similar work. Yeah. And, and that's, again, society tells uh, women, okay, no, tech is not for you, or this is for you. And trying to, again, uh, put us in a place that we don't feel comfortable with, or even like, you know, the opposite, like I'm, I'm okay with tech. My son is good. He's my, he's a tech expert. I'm just barely like surviving. It's probably also our generation. We're like trying to adjust to, to new things. So many changes within just a lifespan. But um, I think it's also like kind of like finding out, okay, not just because I am uh, a male does not mean I'm good at that or from this ethnicity, I'm good at that or bad at that. So it's, it's again, really like tapping into the individuality. And I think uh, that is often missing where we see things more as just the represent the representation of their, their class, their gender, their race and so on. And that's not, that's not helpful. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. But I think a lot of women specifically now are like, hmm, why am I doing this? What's new? You know, do is this how I want to spend my time? I think men are like going through that now too. I spend a lot of time with women in the work that I do. And I feel like I wasn't really ready to write my third book per se, but I felt like I had to share the journey I was on in seeking because I felt like it's an ongoing process. There's no right time to do it, but to share with women that, there are many tools, there's many people, there's many modalities, ancient practices, and ways to come together that can give you space to figure out how you want to use your energy in this lifetime.
Mm-hmm. And uh, seek and you shall find. So that we, we do have it in, in, in the Bible too and religions too. And it's uh, for me, it, it was it came more naturally because I was always like interested in that. I was interested in philosophy when I was in my, my teen years. Yeah. And I think I, I like to also like push people in that direction. It's like, don't just be satisfied with, with things you have. Just kind of try to look beyond it. Try to push yourself, step out of that comfort zone explore again and i think uh that is really um that's often missing where we're just like okay i got what i need and that's fine and we just like confine ourselves to um to things that are not even that important or we seek things that are not as important like things like money where you just say okay it's good it's important it's necessary i like it too but there's more to it and i i think we lose sight of what really matters in values, uh, values. Yes, yes. And I, you know, the, a lot of the um, religious readings and practices and the different uh, things, I love all that because it gives you mm-hmm. perspective. I think when I said earlier, I think sometimes the way that humans manipulate the information mm-hmm. can make it confusing for people because it makes them feel like they can't get it on their own. And there's like only a certain way. And I think for many of us, we are here in different cycles of our lives. You know, they have, you know, old souls and young souls and people that are trying to figure out and people that have figured it out or maybe are closer to um, a different level of awareness than other people. Mm -hmm. And I think for many of us, just giving us options to create more connection with self, connection with light, connection with a bigger purpose is really what people need right now. Because I think this whole fear-based society, I think the way the media is portrayed to us, it keeps us very uh, contained. Mm -hmm. And so how would you define spirituality, either for yourself or for others? And uh, is it something that we can can grow? Is it something that we're born with? Or what would you say? Where does it come from, really? And uh, yeah, what are some thoughts on spirituality here? I love that. I think spirituality is a practice that gives us glimpses of insight of where we've been, who we are, and what we are to do here. I love that. I love that. Because my problem is also when people who say they're spiritual, most often the ones that I've encountered are not. (laughs) And I find those who don't say anything, they are more. Same with religious too. There are people who are very religious, but they don't go around and, and and talk about it and try to convert you and because they are they are confident in their beliefs and they don't need to to convince others and I find that quite fascinating too it's like they embody it right and I think um, that is often missing that is often missing and also in, in people who are talking about like growth and improvement and so on we you you need to see it in that person too and so um, there's sometimes I feel a disconnect too. It's like an, a theoretical understanding of things, but the practice is missing. Yeah. And I think you can sense that in people's energy when you're with them, if you're aware and attuned, you can say, yeah, they, they really are doing the work. And I think yeah. for many of us, we're here to do the work. We're yeah. here to move through all the layers to get that light to shine brighter than the ego, right? The ego is so overpowering. It's so loud and it's so full of fear and worry and disgust and all these things that really don't give us the ability to share the love and light that we have. And I think for many of us, you know, we need to have tools, maybe people, practices that are 
easy to access so that we can learn how to get that light to shine brighter. Mm -hmm. And to have patience too. I think that's something I have mentioned here oh, yeah. today. I think patience, hard work, yes, but also the patience that uh, if you put the effort in it, it will pay off and just believing in that as well, yeah. that kind of faith, it's, it's gonna work out, it's gonna be fine and uh, not lose sight. I think that's the worst thing we can do is just give up or just you know say, there's uh, nothing I can do about this. I think anything and miracles are really possible. You just have to like, uh, it doesn't happen overnight. It's not just like, okay, today I'm fine. But it's like, once you put in the effort, you go the path, you seek. And the title of your book, Seeking Again, once you are on that path of seeking, things will fall into place. It is magical. But you, yes, it's work every day. I work well, at it every day of being present, of being optimistic and positive about finding the lessons, about, you know, analyzing times and places that I wasn't really the best version of myself and how I can overcome that in the future. So I think it's always, you know, it's not a one and done thing to your patient's mm -hmm. point. Like, I feel like it's an evolution, but I do think you notice because you start to attract things as you evolve and your frequency Mm -hmm. raises you'll start to attract similar frequency similar energy but it does take work and it takes discipline and it takes yeah. just almost like letting go and releasing to like almost build yourself back up in a way that really aligns to a higher purpose in life but it's also fun i mean we, we hear yeah. like discipline and hard work say, oh my god that's not for me no it's 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 fun and the joy you get from it it's it's worth so much but you do have to take the path and myself when i say i got things figured out something happens and it tells me no you haven't you know and and, and that's good because i think like our our sense of perfection is 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 misguided where we think like we need to be perfect or we're striving for it i just say you know once you read perfection there's nothing else to do so that's uh, might as well be dead because it's our life that is continuous the continuous growth and just let go of that and just take one step at a time one day at a time and enjoy the journey yes and just seeing us here together i mean mm -hmm. how did we get together right how yeah. did we get in the same path that we're having this experience together and i think it's because we've both been doing work that then our frequencies have merged and have attracted each other to come together and i think those validations you have in your life whether it's a connection a phone call you know something that happens in a parking lot or, you know something you see on tv an experience you get to have like all of those are indicators that you are moving along. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and it, it becomes like, it reinforces itself because we yeah. realize this is the path. And I say, you know, just, just take it. If it makes you feel happy and it's not hurting anyone else, just do it and uh, follow that path. So thank you so much, JJ De Geronimo, for being on A Rashes World. So you're an author, keynote speaker, president of Tech Savvy Women, and your book, and we see in the background, is Seeking. Um, best of luck on your seeking journey. And thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and insights with, uh, with everyone. And uh, so glad to have you here on A Rashes World. Thank you. Take care.